Here we are, Locked On NFL. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Brian Peacock alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find Matt at Williamson NFL. You can find all of these podcasts on your favorite podcast apps. We've got you covered not only for league-wide here with NFL, NBA. We've got every team covered as well. The number one daily sports podcast network a lot to get to today hopefully we can squeeze everything in we've got to cover this Steelers Browns game I know Matt has already talked a lot about this locally in Pittsburgh on the radio waves and uh, obviously there was a big fight that got really ugly at the end of this game a Browns win over the Steelers we've got to make our picks as well I want to hold off on the fight stuff Matt let's talk about the game first before we get into the obvious that we have to cover there and some suspensions I just saw have been levied now against players involved there. But let's talk about the 21-7 win of the Browns over the Steelers. What takeaways did you have there? Baker Mayfield throwing two and running for another touchdown. Yeah, I have a lot of takeaways, honestly, but we're not going to spend the whole show analyzing that game. It wasn't the greatest football game to watch. Um, A couple takes. I think... The Browns aren't what people thought they were in terms of the favorite to win the division, but I do think they're slowly turning the corner. They're doing a much better job. Um, Mayfield looks a lot more comfortable. The turnovers have decreased immensely over the last couple weeks. Uh, They're starting to find their identity a little bit better for sure. Um, I thought he played his best game as of the season, I thought he handled things well, eluded pressure well, bought time, generally accurate. But overall, I thought the Steelers D was quite good. Didn't give up despite where how this game went, which was a crazy game before the even the ending. But the defense didn't create six sacks, um, three turnovers, and score on defense. So the Steelers' ineptitude on offense really showed. Miles Garrett was great in this game. Schobert was great in this game. Uh, Browns D looked pretty good overall. Those two shine, but especially the front. But, man, I mean, I'm not making excuses for the Steelers, but it got down to me and you being their best skill guys. I mean, it, <laughs> it was so bad, and they were short to begin with. There was no receivers worth trotting out there almost. The, the running backs are horrible. The line's getting beat. Uh, young quarterbacks really struggling, had a tough day, but I don't know how he couldn't have. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a miserable Steelers evening even before the craziness. You look at the box score and you had seen names like Tevin Jones on it. And right. to be honest, I didn't know what a Tevin's, Tevin Jones was before I looked at the box score before I saw him show up on that game. So that's what the Steelers were dealing with, obviously. And the Browns were able to uh, to move the ball and and put the ball in the end zone three times against that Steelers defense that had been one of the better defenses in the league for the past, you know, six, seven weeks. Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, they really only allowed one touchdown drive. I mean, long drive. I mean, the, 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 that's true. Yeah. I mean, the, the defense held up. I mean, but I did think the Browns' offense played well. I do think it's turning a corner, as I mentioned. It was bad, though. Like, you mentioned Tevin Jones. Like, just a small example. One of Rudolph's many picks, he runs a crossing – or, like, an, a, an in-breaking route where he should have stayed flat to the line of scrimmage. The ball comes out of Rudolph's hands, and Jones drifted three yards past the spot where the ball should be picked off. You know, like – 
things like that that just make the quarterback look so bad. And Rudolph was bad, but receivers that, I mean, they really had three or four skill guys playing prominent snaps that are practice squad players at best. Right, absolutely, yeah. And and when you look at the numbers, too, here uh, on Cleveland, I think that, that was a great point. They put the ball in the end zone three times, but it wasn't because they were putting up yards and just throwing the ball all over the place or – uh, and even running the ball, they ran the ball 35 times. It was only three yards per carry. They just kept pounding it with Nick Chubb, which I like for the Browns. Like, keep yeah, keep smart. going. You know, 27 carries, 92 yards, only 3.4 yards per carry. Kareem Hunt got another six carries. Kareem Hunt involved in the pass game as well. He was actually the Browns' leading receiver with six catches. And uh, that's a great pair of running backs there. The offensive line's not great in Cleveland, but um, when you have that kind of talent, I saw somebody talking about how the Browns right now have two running backs that would start on 90% of the teams in the NFL, and I don't think that's really wrong. No, it's not. And I thought this last week, like, boy, I forgot how good Hunt is. <laughs> you know, like his feet. He's really good, and he has great contact balance. He's an excellent receiver. He's, he's sturdy. He has a burst. I think Chubb's one of the best ball carriers in the league. It's a really good group, and I don't think that's an accident. I mentioned how the offense seems like it's turning a corner a little bit. It, I think it's on the backs of those two and those two on the field together. I thought it would be kind of one or the other, but they're using them in tandem really well. And I think that's you know, it's a, it's a, a conversation for another day. But two true running backs on the field seems like something the NFL is using more and more of. Especially if one of them or both of them are really good receivers. I mean, that just yes. puts pressure on – an opposing defense because you got to have big people on the field to de- to uh, to to defend the run, and then they can go throw on you out of that set. So uh, I think that is something that is going to continue to happen in the league. Personnel packages and using versatility as a weapon because a defense can't cover you both ways. Um, I think when you're when you look at this game, the story is obviously Baker Mayfield. We talked about it coming in how he had not held on to the ball and he had thrown nine touchdowns and 12 interceptions and he had some fumble problems and not taking care of the football and zero interceptions in this game. And on the other side, it was Mason Rudolph that was throwing it to the Browns four picks. Yeah. And that's what you didn't see coming. I mean, the Steelers amazingly have won the turnover battle every game since week one, you know, and you knew that wasn't going to keep up, but you had to think going into this game, if you who's who are you gonna put a chip on to win the turnover battle? The, the odds would have been dramatically in the Steelers' favor. Not at all how the game went. Um, last really note, and this isn't me being a Steeler apologist because I do say it a lot. Thursday night games are not a great product. I no. mean, it, it, they, there's like no practice time for the road team, and really very little for the home team. And if the NFL truly is interested in player safety, there would not be a Thursday night game. Right, and yeah, many times there's literally zero practices for teams going into Thursday night football, and that can't be good for the product on the field. And I think this is a great segue. Maybe we can talk about it uh, on the other side just real quick before we get to our picks, but not the primetime showcase the league envisioned for Thursday night. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with our buddies at MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. 
pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be gigantic. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. Here's the best part. If you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand, they'll give you a thousand. That's double your initial deposit, and you can use it on all your favorite picks. Use our promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. This is a good time to tell the fellas out there about Blue Chew. Guys, do you remember when? You were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can even help you follow through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And they're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the cheaper, better, faster choice. BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On. We thank them. For sponsoring this podcast. The extracurriculars Thursday night. When it comes to that fight, skirmish, melee, whatever you want to call it, Miles Garrett, he gets an indefinite NFL suspension, will miss at least the rest of the season, including the playoffs, but indefinite means, you know, that could go into next year. I bet he's cleared by next year and ready to go, but he'll at least miss the rest of this year. We have Larry Ogunjobi, Cleveland defensive lineman, gets suspended one game. He knocked Rudolph to the ground when he was uh, when Rudolph was standing next to the pile after the initial part of that, uh, Marquise Pouncey suspended three games for you know trying to punch and kick at Garrett when he was on the ground. Rudolph obviously was frustrated. Four picks. It was a bad game for him. Miles Garrett, though, as far as pass rushers go, usually those are the meanest guys on the field. They're quarterback hunters. Miles Garrett is a pretty mild-mannered guy. So this seemed way out of character for him. And if you told me there was a Cleveland Brown player that would be swinging his helmet in a gladiator moment, he might be the last guy I'd pick. Yeah, yeah, me too. I kind of tweeted something along those lines. And I don't know Miles Garrett. Maybe he's a terrible human being. But coming out of, you know, when he was the first pick in the draft, those guys get scrutinized and everyone thought he was a very smart, gentle, off the field, obviously extremely talented, tons of other interests, you know, that, that, that he wasn't this type of player. And I guess he's got fined previously this season. But I'm with you. That would not have been my choice of anyone on that field to have been the one to do what he did. I'm sure you've talked a lot about this already. I have a take that might be a little bit different than some when it comes to these fights. And first of all, I'm not as appalled by it as some people. Some people see it and they're like, this is a black eye on the league. Uh, this is shocking. And it's like, oh, these guys are like 
trying to kill each other for 60 minutes. You know, it's like that's not it's not that crazy to see somebody lose their mind a little bit. I think for the fans, for, you know, for some people are probably like, yay, fight, go. Um, obviously, you, you start swinging your helmet at a guy who's not wearing a helmet anymore because he just took it off is way too far. And, and Garrett deserves all the suspensions and everything coming his way. But I will say this. Miles Garrett, the play, how it started. Miles Garrett comes in for the sack. And obviously, he didn't know that Rudolph had just gotten the ball away. So he's tackling him. And I thought it looked like Garrett was just trying to tackle a guy that he thought still had the ball. Rudolph, already frustrated the way the game is going. Uh, he goes for Miles Garrett's neck and is trying to wrestle Garrett's helmet off is what it looked like. And then that's where, to me, as also a mild-mannered guy, but there's a line that you cross and you come at my neck first. At a certain point, to me, you don't get to decide how the person reacts to that. And Garrett just goes straight back for his helmet and rips it off. Now, swinging it, obviously, everything goes overboard. I'm not saying... Garrett should have done what he did, but it did start with Rudolph's hands around Garrett's neck. So I think that has to be said first and everything that Garrett gets beyond that is obviously well-deserved and he should get suspended. And and that was a terrible thing to do, but I will say Rudolph went for Garrett's neck first and nobody really seems to talk about that at all. I'm too close to the situation. I'll be very honest, but my take on it's a little different and and I'll kind of do the play-by-play in that I thought Garrett was a lot later than the way you described it on the hit. I mean, I think the ball was well gone as opposed to just got out of his hands. But I also realized that when you watch these things in slow motion, sometimes it seems different than in reality. And to me, that should have been a a late hit, but so what? I mean, the game is over. It doesn't matter. And then Rudolph definitely overreacts to that. And I agree with the way you described exactly that. And then if Garrett rips his helmet off and throws it in the last row of the stadium, fine. I <laughs> right. mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah. okay. You know, like that is football. Such is life. Um, don't tangle with Miles Garrett. But what he did was maybe the most dangerous thing I've ever seen on a football field. And I've seen the, the replay 8,000 million times. And Rudolph couldn't have been luckier with what part of the helmet made contact with his head. It was the, the soft spot on the back of your neck, like the padding part. I mean, if he hits him with the crown of the helmet, right. he, I'm not going to say he could have killed him, but he could have cracked his skull. I mean, he could have done massive, massive damage. And then, just for people that don't know, Pouncey is... The toughest guy on the Steelers. You know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> right. the hammer yeah. in the locker room. If things get out of line, you answer to Pouncey. When I was a kid, that was Joe Green. You know, like every locker room has that guy. The Steelers usually have several. He's the alpha dog in that locker room and would have absolutely been the first person I thought would do go to any extreme possible to beat the crap out of the guy that beat the crap out of your out of your quarterback and, and then yeah. you know be on last thing sorry sure. and then then i thought the castro was actually trying to be the somewhat of a break it up guy he's on top of uh garrett and not being nice to him but not wailing away at his throat or trying to kill him and then ojanobi came in awfully late and i thought he deserved the game i thought garrett deserved the season i thought pouncey would get two but three is fine i mean i I knew that he was not going to be there two weeks from now when they play the browns right yeah absolutely yeah he wasn't going to be there for that one uh ogan joby is the only guy that got suspended that will be back for that one um it was 
Yeah, it was not a great scene there. Um, I actually thought it could have gotten worse once, you know, you see someone swinging a helmet at a guy and then someone else getting kicked on the ground, and I thought it could have gotten even crazier. So, you know, and I think I think the best part of the whole thing, entertainment-wise, was Troy Aikman. He was like, get out of there. <laughs> He's talking to Mason Rudolph. Get yeah, out of right, there because right, right. he already got knocked down once standing around a pile. You never stand around a pile. Everybody knows that, especially if there's something crazy like that going on. You don't have a helmet on. But uh, anyways, yeah, it was it was a wild scene there. Suspensions have been levied. And uh, I guess we got to move on to our picks because this could take up the entire episode. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And maybe we'll talk about it more down the road or whatever. But and good call on Aikman. He was thinking like a star quarterback. Like, right. get me out of here. He's you know, had head injuries in the past. Right. Yes. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys early game. They are in Detroit to face the Lions, and there's no line yet on this game, so I don't know how this one would go, except for to say that I'm sure the Cowboys are favored somewhat heavily. I assume there's no line because we're waiting on Stafford, and at 1 o'clock Friday, I'm thinking he won't play. I, I heard a blurb that he's unlikely but I don't want to totally go down that road and just assure people that. I mean, you got to have to do that homework on your own, folks. But I look at this game and think probably no Stafford. I think the Cowboys' offense is in contention for best in the league, and I think the Lions' defense has been abysmal right now. I think Dallas rolls over these guys, but I don't trust Garrett, different Garrett, than enough to win this game as handily as they should. I just double-checked here, and since we've started recording, actually, it has come down now. Matt Patricia just ruled out Stafford, so he's officially out with that back injury. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be an uphill climb for the Lions. Absolutely. We've got the Jaguars at Colts. The Colts right now, we've talked about how the tiebreakers are not good for the Colts, having lost to at least the Raiders and the Steelers. If those are the teams that the Colts are tied with trying to get that last spot in the AFC, they've got to go try to win the AFC South right now. They're at home at 5-4, and four, taking on the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm assuming they're going to get Brissett. I don't know about T.Y. Hilton. We are going to get Foles coming off a bye. I'm not sure what to think of this game. I don't like where the Colts' offense is right now in terms of skill talent, but they protect well. The Jags rush the passer well. I trust the Colts' coaching staff more. I I think Foles coming back is a good thing, but I was never a huge fan of him to begin with. I think this is a close game, and I think every Colts game is a close game, and that they squeak one out at home. And just to uh, clarify the Brissett thing, Brissett is scheduled to start. Uh, Frank Reich, the, the head coach for the Colts, said that he would start if he gets a full practice in this week, and he did get a full practice in on Wednesday. So it looks like he will be the yeah. guy that's in there, which is huge for the Colts. Uh, I just I like the way the Colts play football right now, and at home getting Brissett back, I think you know they're favored by three, and I wouldn't bet on this game. But uh, the Colts are going to be there in the end. I don't know if they're going to walk into the playoffs or anything like that, but they're going to be one of those teams. Yeah, they could get it right again. They're good at the line of scrimmage. I like the team, but they're struggling a little bit. Dolphins two and seven. Can they win out and make the playoffs? They're t- they're hosting the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Um, I like the way they're playing. I like what they're building there from the total ground up. Defense is playing a little bit better. I don't think the Bills are a super dangerous team, but they're going to win this game. And 
I would imagine, unless Josh Allen kills them, I think the Bills' defense really slows these guys down. I, I like them handily here. Yeah, you got to like the Bills. You got to like everybody against the Dolphins. The Dolphins have surprised a couple of teams so far this year. Uh, as far as the playoffs go, I'll still take the Colts over the Bills, even though the Bills have a, a one-game lead if, if Brissett's able to stay healthy there in the AFC. And I, I love the Bills' defense. They're they're very good. Not as good as they started off the season, though, statistically. And, of course, Frank Gore has a special place in my heart. But just offensive firepower and um, their schedule was pretty easy early on. I don't know if the Bills are going to be able to, uh, you know, the last leg of this race really be that team that hits the tape in the AFC. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I kind of look at the Raiders, I I guess still the Steelers, you know, Tennessee, Indy. I think they're generally playing better football than the Bills. But could the Raiders crash and burn? Did the Steelers crash and burn? Yep. Maybe. They could all crash and burn and then come back strong again. I mean, this is a roller coaster of a season for a lot of teams, like your Steelers. Yes, I agreed. There, there's a lot, of, not a lot of room for margin. A lot of margin, room for error. What am I talking about? Margin <laughs> for error on those teams. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go to uh, the Broncos at Vikings. Vikings at seven and three right now. They are looking good for the playoffs. I think it's going to take a much higher win total to get in the NFC postseason. They are hosting the three and six Broncos. I'm not big on revenge games, but Kubiak revenge game. Mm. I bet the Vikings win and he runs up the score and they win this game as they sometimes do at home by 30. Okay, we got a bunch more games to get to. We're going to have to hit these rapid fire in segment three. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout that's awaytravel.com slash locked on on paper this seems like an easy one uh probably an angry saints team that just lost at home to the falcons they are on the road in tampa bay favored by five and a half yeah i don't know if drew Brees is back to being drew Brees yet or not or will he ever some of these older quarterbacks are hard to might be hitting the the wall quicker than we think, but I still think this is a shootout. Lots of throwing. Um, I'll take the Saints like 35-32. I'm with you on this one. Uh, this definitely could turn out to be a shootout. Uh, the Buccaneers are pretty good stop in the run, so it's going to have to be on Drew Brees' arm most likely, especially with how banged up that running back group has been for the Saints I want to move on to an interesting game because of the draft implications, and you and I are going to talk a lot of draft in the offseason. We haven't done much of it during the season. We've got the 2-7 and seven Redskins on the road against the 1-8, and eight, or the 2-7 and seven Jets on the road in Washington to face the 1-8 and eight Redskins. Washington favored with two bad teams like this, zero faith in either. I'm taking the team that's not favored. I'm going Jets. Yeah, I mean, I'll take points. Anyone that gets points in this game, I'll definitely take. I don't think exactly. there's a lot of points scored. Um, uh, give me Washington in a tight one. This is a sneaky pickup stream their fantasy defense game. Got to move on quickly here. So let's get on to this one with uh, the Falcons coming off a big win in New Orleans. Is it the death rattle for the Atlanta Falcons and Dan Quinn and his time as head coach? They're in Carolina to face the 5-4 and four Panthers. Another one I see a lot of points, um, fun game, but the Falcons are notorious for allowing running back receptions. That doesn't sound so good. That's not great when you're going up against Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> who will go over 1,000 yards rushing in this game. He only needs uh, about 11 more yards. 
and uh, receiving. He's got nearly 50 catches on the year and 400 more yards. Just a monster and uh, start all those guys. Yeah, I agree. Here's one. This is going to be the game of the week. I have a feeling Uh, AFC playoff implications here, especially for the Texans that are trying to stay on top of the AFC South at six and three. They're in Baltimore to face the seven and two Ravens. Yeah, I like both these teams right now. I love both quarterbacks. I like what the Ravens defense has done lately and their secondary, I think, can contain Hopkins and, and crew a little bit better than the other way around. Baltimore. You got to love Baltimore in this one. The the Texans have been really good, but I want to see them beat a really good team on the road. That's a tough task. Baltimore favored by four in this one, and I think the the Ravens and uh, they might actually have their way with the Texans potentially in this game. And Baltimore is just so different to play against too. So you always wonder how teams the first time they play them it's going to look. Um, but I'm just tuning in to watch Deshaun and Lamar do their thing. Yeah, and this could serve Houston really well when they meet again in the playoffs potentially. Let's not spend a lot of time on this one. We've got the Bengals at 0-9. They're on the road to face those 5-4 and Raiders who have a really easy schedule for the next two games. We talked a lot about that with your boy Q earlier in the week. Uh, the Raiders trying to really cement themselves. If they end up 7-4, and they're looking good in these playoffs. They're favored by 11 in this one. That's a big number. Yeah, good interview earlier with Q. That was great. I think his team blows the doors off these guys. I mean, Josh Jacobs just runs wild, and I think the Raiders are ascending. The New England Patriots at 8-1. and one. They're on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles really got to do something if they're going to win that NFC East because they're not getting in as a wild card, and it's a tough task taking on Tom Brady and the Pats. Yeah, not an easy situation for the Patriots. I think the Eagles are playing better. Um, I think they're turning a corner to some degree, but New England coming off a bye, off a loss, I got to take the Pats. You got to take the Pats here because the Eagles haven't proven that they're a, a team that we thought they would be just a straight-up team to be reckoned with. They've been closer to the middle than closer to the top, as I expected. Uh, But maybe they've turned a corner and getting a little bit healthier, and and we'll see what the Eagles are made of here taking on the Patriots, and the Patriots seeing a little bit more difficult part of their schedule. So uh, the Ravens are really the only really good team they've played this year, so maybe the Patriots aren't even as good as we think. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to tune in to that one for sure. Yeah, they might stumble here. Let's go to Los Angeles, where the 5-4 and four Rams are hosting the 4-5 and five Bears. Yeah, neither team is where they expected to be at this point, that's for sure. Seasons are not going particularly well, but I think the Rams get right in a somewhat ugly game. Um, I trust their quarterback more, especially at home. Rams are favored by 6.5 here, just because the Bears have a pretty good defense and the Rams haven't been the Rams that we saw last year. Uh, I feel like that's too many points, but I understand why the Rams are favored. So straight up, definitely taking the Rams, but I don't think I would bet on that game. No, I I wouldn't either. Let's see. So that's the Sunday night football game. Forgot one more afternoon game, which is actually my 49ers. They're hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Niners favored by 10 here. I don't know if they cover. I think Arizona's doing some good things. But I also think the Niners get right here, run the ball very effectively. Hopefully Kittle's around for this one, and that sounds questionable at this point. But yeah. uh, they, they'll, they'll chase down Murray, probably create a couple big plays. Right now, Kittle is doubtful, and I think it's up in the air, questionable whether or not Emmanuel Sanders can play. So that hurts, and we definitely saw with those two guys out, it hurt the 49ers last week. And the Cardinals have played teams pretty tough, especially in the last you know six weeks or so. So... Um, but 
Jimmy Garoppolo also had his best game of the year against the Cardinals, you know, on a short week, True. just a, just two weeks ago. So I still like the Niners here, but you're right. 10 points is a lot. I might not uh, put my money on the 49ers to cover that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Last game on the schedule, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs. They are in Los Angeles to face the Chargers. They're actually in Mexico City. I, I always do that. They are in yep, Mexico yep. City. Which yes. might be even more of a home field advantage for the Chargers. <laughs> it might. I think it will be, yeah. <laughs> if the Chargers can run the ball and Gordon goes for 125, and or him and Eckler combined for 175, I think they got a real shot. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Chiefs' offense lights these guys up, and everyone's all excited about Mahomes again. Right. you got to be excited about Mahomes, and I think some fans in Mexico City, Estadio Azteca, will be excited about Mahomes, seeing him chuck it all over the place. They haven't seen an arm like that yet in any of those Mexico City games. And the Chargers, I wanted to believe, after last week, I'm fully off of that train and the chargers i think need a, a little bit of a makeover this offseason that's that's officially where i'm at on the chargers and of course saying that now i'm gonna have to apologize to them on tuesday <laughs> well, yeah, they beat the chiefs all right matt good stuff we were able to run through those games very quickly and of course we will break everything down for you all of the action on sunday right here monday morning locked on nfl